Hey everybody, welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you planned out today. Very excited, we got both Nick and Chad coming back. I, uh, I wore this shirt specifically for you, Chad, just so you know. And, uh, oh, and Sean's uh -oh. gonna go get his. There you go. He's got the classic got shorts, the shorts on, man. He's always He's rocking doing it, it, man. Rocking it, I love it. Um, very excited to get this show going now. While I'm excited, y'all should be too. Like it, subscribe to it. Hit the notification bell, do all that good stuff, get your emails in the morning whenever we go live, which is, of course, every day. Now, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, anything at all throughout the show, by all means, put them up in the comments section, and we will engage those directly throughout the show. Other than that, we are talking building role models today. Now, the reason we're going into this, again, this is a week-long endeavor into International Men's Day that happened on the 19th of November, and... Nobody heard about it. I didn't hear about it until Sean brought it up. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, okay, let's talk about it. So we're going to be talking about building role models. But before we do that, let's get into some intros. Uh, Nick, let's start with you. Give us the 10, 15 seconds, who you are, where you come from, all that stuff, and then we'll carry on. Yep. Uh, pleasure to be here. Uh, Nick Ige, originally from Gila, Hawaii. Uh, did about 10 years in the Army. A lot of that time was spent with the 75th Ranger Regiment. And now I'm in Boston studying neuroscience at Harvard. Boston. Some some odd school I don't think I've ever heard of. Harvard, you said? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Chad, how about yourself? Chad McLean with Mental Geo out here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Went to Arizona State University where a uh, Ranger Battalion historian went to as Pat Tillman, as Nick would know. And uh, happy to always be with you guys. Absolutely. We're always happy to have y'all. So today we, like I said, we're going into building role models. So what, what is a role model? Well, a role model is someone others look to as a good example. A role model is someone who is worthy of imitation, such as a teacher or <laughs> it says in here a well-behaved celebrity, but I don't even know about that one. <laughs> uh, it's a, just as a model is something that represents an inspirational ideal. A role model is someone who inspires others to imitate his or her good behavior. Parents try to be role models for the children by being good people. A famous person who gives money to charity or helps six children in a role is a role model. If someone behaves badly, you could say that they're a negative or a bad role model, the kind of person who shouldn't be imitated. But when I talk about role models or building role models, what are you guys' first thought? Nick, I'm going to put you up first. What do you think? When I think about building a role model, I generally think of accountability, as in like what what would I want a role model to be? Who do I look for? Who have I looked at in my life as role models? And the first thing that always kind of pops them out or pops in my mind are people who are accountable to their word, accountable to like what they speak, what they represent, what they say and how they act. And they're always accountable to themselves and to those that they kind of like are an example to. I like that. Chad, what about yourself? Yeah. Nick had a great one there. I, for me, it was, I, I always resort back. I never grew up really with a role model. I didn't have a dad. I didn't really have anyone to look up to. And what was funny is this past Thanksgiving, we had, I had a cousin here and we kind of talked about that. And I really looked up to her, to her dad. He, he was a farmer, rancher, and just one of those good old boys, you know, the cowboy way, you know, it was, his word was as good as, you know, shaking a hand, you know, per se. And I always kind of looked up to gentlemen like them. So the cowboy way for me was always kind of that, that role model because they always carried themselves with a different demeanor than most people ever did. Um, and now through social media, I can kind of look to different individuals. One, one, you know, being on here, Mr. Sean and how he carries himself and how he ignites the fires of different individuals, um, especially myself. So I think depending upon where you're at in life, you know, you can kind of look to different folks uh, across a myriad of different platforms or, you know, neighborhoods or where you're ever at. Absolutely. And I think Sean will not like this, but we're just going to keep hitting him on saying that uh, he is a role model for a lot of people. And <laughs> we're going to get into it. Sean, what are your thoughts? Let's make him uncomfortable. Right? <laughs> All right. Mission accomplished. I'm uncomfortable. So we can drop that shtick. Um, I think my role models were, I didn't have any when I was a young buck. My role models showed up in the military. And I don't have, I mean, I do have a couple of idealized role models. Uh, you know, I've mentioned Ken Murphy in the past, and I just don't want to keep dropping his name forever. But he was probably the first one that I target locked on and thought, oh, that guy's so legit. Uh, but uh, then it became uh, a combination or a, um, a composite of many individuals who, to Nick's point, uh, held themselves accountable. Their word was gold. Uh, 
their word was carved in stone. And so if they said something, it was done to the best of their ability. It didn't mean that the outcome was like perfect. What it did mean was they were striving for the best outcome. So uh, I've always, my sense of role models are guys and girls who, when they say something, they really mean it. They work towards it. And generally speaking, they smash it out of the park almost perfectly. Now, they, my, my role models were built as a composite in the military, but subsequently to that, when I went into several civilian careers, I had a number of role models, but they weren't like as, they weren't as, I'll say it, magnificent as some of the composites that I, I got from the military. Uh, but now I'm going to call, I, I, I'm going to do it. I, and I apologize up front, boys. I'm going to use my wife as a role model uh, because uh, she has been a role model for me and for my sons or our sons and for many others within her company uh, throughout the years. So uh, I think that role models uh, for guys tend to be guys. But uh, my wife is also a role model in her own way. So bam, take that. Now you're kind of screwed. You're going to have to like, you're going to have to put some band-aids on boys unless you're following those footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you guys all bring up a really good point. And I think um, throughout this, I figured the, the, you know, the concept of role model is, it, it's pretty, pretty self-explanatory, right? Like you, there's a model and they're fulfilling a role that, like or want to uh, emulate in some in some way but um when we were sean and i were first looking at this uh, international men's day uh website and all this stuff one of the objectives for it is to promote positive male role models and it says not just movie stars or sports but everyday working class men who are living decent honest lives and so my first question in this is that you know movie stars and athletes and soldiers and uh, firefighters, like when you're young, when you're a three or four year old, you're all like, what do you want to be? And they're like, I'm going to be a firefighter. Well, that makes sense because it's that, that physicality that young people kind of want. And I'm wondering if there's any, um, <laughs> I'm wondering what your guys' thoughts are on why do you, why we attach ourselves to those types of like as men or as young boys, I should say, why do we attach ourselves to those types of things? The, uh, the sports heroes, the, the service oriented jobs that are full of risk and danger and all those other things. So Nick, I'm going to come back to you first. What do you think? Yeah. What, what kind of goes in my head is, I don't know if you guys ever read the book tribe by Sebastian younger. It, it, it goes around the idea that there's rites of passages, especially for young men. And that when we look at people like, sports stars or service members or, or people who've done these grandioso things, we kind of get wrapped around the hero's journey. And within the hero's journey, there's inevitably a rite of passage. They have to go through this hardship to get to where they're going to, where they, where they're going to go or where they are. And I think that's a very important thing. And I think it's something inherent to young men that we want and desire this need. We have this need to like go through this hardcore rite of passage to prove who we are, to prove our right that we've done this thing. And I think as young, as young dudes, like, <clears throat> If we don't have that kind of laid out in front of us via like a positive male role model or like literally we're talking about or something like that, then we, we look to these people or these, these, these large in life figures and we see that they've done this hard thing and we want to kind of embody that ourselves. But I think that like another thing, especially being younger and as, as you grow up and kind of go through the stages of maturing or, or trying to become a person of accountability or a role model to others, like I think it's important to note that you don't always have to go all in on one guy, right? Or on one singular thing and be like, oh, I want to embody every single part of this. So like when I was a young dude, I, I really liked Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was like, man, I can't wait to get big and jacked like Arnold, right? Like, I feel like every young military guy sees Arnold and is just like, yo, that is it. Um, but as I got older, I realized like, hey, there's a lot of things I liked about Arnold. And he's a role model for me for work ethic, right? But maybe not, he's not a role model for me in the way he lives his life personally in his everyday interactions. And then I'd find different role models to fit different niches of my life. And then that's when I would try and embody those things from each one of them. And I think it's important to diversify. Because if you if you go all in on one, then you might embody or you might pers pers personify uh, the bad parts of them as well. Mm, that is a great point, Chad. Any thoughts on this? I mean, Nick summed it up great, but I think the same thing, right? Like I, I for many, many years would put 
different labels per se you know let's just like navy seals for for instance right i would put them on a very very high pedestal because i knew the worth that the work ethic i knew what went into the training but as i have grown up and i have met some of these individuals face to face and i was like you're kind of a gross human being like that trident isn't who you are and so going through these i'm still kind of stepping through trying to figure out you know who role models are and i'm you know i'm 46 years old you know but again Sean's here. I see someone like him and how he carries himself and, and knowing what he was a founding member of and going, oh, this guy is a cool dude. He carries himself differently. Again, going back to the Navy SEAL stuff, I, you know, I look at some of those guys and I've got some really close friends and they will even tell me, hey, guys, just because I wore a trident, it doesn't make me a great human being. I've got my own flaws. I've got my own, you know, issues to deal with. So me, it's just trying to navigate the water still. And at the end of the day, my, my biggest thing is to be the best role model possible to my two young boys. And so to level up as much as possible and, you know, be that guy that, that lives by his word. And if I say something, I'm going to do it, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, or I falter several ways through it, I'm going to, I'm going to try to complete that task. But I think it's, you know, again, the movie star thing, the, the athlete thing, I think that's kind of, slowly kind of trickling away and people are kind of seeing that going, yeah, I don't know if I really want to live up to that status, you know? So yeah, that's a great point, Sean. Thoughts on this? Well, I'm going to try to stay in the lane of celebrities uh, just for a second. And I struggled to pick out a celebrity that I would, uh, I would closely follow as like a cool dude with the exception of Keanu Reeves. I really like Keanu Reeves, man. I like the way he lives his life. I, I just like everything about him. I, I wish I could hang out with him. I wish I could like uh, sit down and have a coffee with him and, you know, go do dude stuff and, you know, scrap a little bit, shoot a little bit, jaw a little bit, ride a little bit, all of the things. Just hang out. I'd, I'd love to hang out with him for a freaking month and smash and be cool. Uh, he's, he's kind of a Hollywood guy that I think is uh, pretty rad. But other than that, I, I'd struggle to think of celebrities that I, I really uh, vibe with on, a, on kind of a surface level. I mean, I'm vibing with Keanu Reeves on a surface level. He could be a jerk, but I doubt it. He just doesn't, I don't get that vibe from him. And by all accounts, he's, he's a pretty cool dude. And so I think for me, the, um, the artificiality of uh, Hollywood puts me off a lot. It's so contrived, uh, but you know, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves, he, he just seems like he's got worse hair than I do at times. So, I mean, he can't be all bad. And so um, I think that uh, celebrities uh, on the big screen don't really do much for me. Uh, what what a, my role models would be are um, guys throughout the years that I've uh, assigned as a, that dude is cool, man. I wish I, wish I could kind of play in play at that level, or I wish I could kind of bang with that guy, or I wish I could, uh, you know, hang out with that dude. And, and the moment that you do, it's not that you level up and then you want to surpass them. It's just that when you're around cool people, you start to become a little cooler, uh, whether you like it or not. Through osmosis, you're just going to get a little cooler. And then once you start assigning or gaining some sort of uh, coolness, I suppose, then I think it's pretty natural to kind of start looking around and, and think, I wonder who else is cool. And then it's not that I'm hunting coolness, it's that one leads to another leads to another, which is kind of exactly what's going on here at the collective. Like, uh, you know, there's four dudes here just trying to be dudes and figure it out for other dudes. And, and uh, all of us are cool in our own way. And, and I think that once you start like getting cool people together, and create that sort of three-dimensional model of what you want to be or what you can be or what others can be. And you start looking at the world as a, as a more complete um, sort of role model. Uh, I think it's really important to hang out with cool people, but never settle in to the coolness of the moment. Always strive to find more cool, if that makes sense. I really like this thought pattern and, and the... Uh the concept of continually striving for coolness. I mean, it's, just, it's a great, great thought to be able to, uh, to continually strive for that. And I want to talk about the, the other side of that too. So there's, you know, when you're young and you don't really have a lot of experience and you start looking up, well, up as a, uh, 
as a term people who have done other things that you want to strive for. So when you know, you're in the military and you see that next level, the recce guys, or you see the the special forces dude, or whatever that next level is, and you're like, ooh, those guys do cool stuff. I kind of want to do that. Okay, and you start working your way up there. But what I'm want to talk about is like building others from down if that makes sense so we're you know you're looking up at the uh at the ideal of what it is you want to do but there's also people who are and these are bad terminologies so you know i'm saying up and down don't take this at summer's better or worse but i'm just talking in the scale so i'm i want to know about how you guys feel about like building role models so when you you all come from leadership roles you all come from positions where you are in you've been in charge you are are developed other people how do we how do we actively build role models because we could passively do it right we can enact what it is we want to do and hold ourselves accountable and just hope that through osmosis others will follow or we can develop the people that are coming up in behind us. So I'm wondering what your guys' thoughts are on how we, how we initiate that process, I guess, is how do we develop the people that are coming in behind us? Chad, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just, it's staying on the right path for myself. Right. And then hopefully they look and say, okay, Chad's a, you know, Sean's turn. Cool guy. Right. He's they're, they're, they're leading the right path. I mean, for me with, with the mental Joe stuff, right. We've, I've had, it's, for this last year, I think we've had probably three to four veterans, first responders, or usually your average Joes reach out to us on, on a weekly basis for some kind of mental health help, whether it's getting them into a clinic, ketamine clinic, or getting them over to a psychedelic retreat uh, overseas, right? Um, so I guess in a role model sense, that's where we're kind of leading, right? Like people that are really struggling with mental health, they've done the traditional, it's not working. And so for me, it's lead by example. Right. I can't say these medicines work. I can't say these things work and still sit on my couch and have a bag of Doritos and, you know, still be 270 pounds. Like I have to go out there. I have to go get it. I can't be the woes me guy anymore. I can't play the victim role. Like in order to show that these things work and show that I can be a better human, I think you have to show up and lead by example. And again, this is a very early process for me, but I see it through people that are reaching out, wanting help. I see that happening. So I think just being authentic and leading by example is where you're going to start seeing people kind of, I guess, follow lead. I like it. Nick thoughts. Yeah, dude, leading by example. That's like a, that's a golden, that's a golden nugget. Um, What I thought of was authentic. Um, As you're, as you're trying to talk about the question, uh, I was kind of laughing myself about like the passive, like the passive role model in that idea. It's like, I remember uh, it was probably like 2013, 2014-ish. I was like a, a corporal young E5 around that time and never really thought of myself as a leader, right? I still thought, I was like a young buck E5 and I was just like, yeah, I'm just a dude being a dude. And like I just run fast with a backpack and yell a lot and somehow I'm an E5 with a ranger tab and in charge of dudes. Um, but I specifically remember one of my dudes went through ranger school and he ended up breaking his foot in mountains and they tried to send him home and he was like, nah, dude, like not going home. And he just created a duct tape cast every day, which is like spend like half a roll of duct tape around his foot. And it was just like, dude, I'm going to be gritty and get through this. I got back and I was like, holy cow, dude, why'd you do that? And he's like, oh, dude, like I just thought of you. Like, what would, like, what would Nick do? Like, you're a hardo. This is how you'd have done. I was like, dude, you do not use me as a role model, bro. Like, I'm an extremely flawed human. Like, absolutely not, dude. Like, just because I would have done that, like, that's not a good standard to have. Um, and I remember I think about that often the idea is like people are going to be looking at you no matter what, especially if you're in a leadership position or in the public space. And as I've kind of gotten older and created more of a social media presence and try to step into this thing of like, I would like to be someone that that people would like, oh, man, like I, I hope Nick's doing something cool. Like I want to try and embody that. And I, I think the one thing that keeps coming up for me personally is trying to be authentic, right, is the idea if I try to be like. I'm a ranger at Harvard kind of thing. Well, people are going to see right through that. And I'm not smart enough or don't have enough work ethic to keep up a false personality all the time. So when, when I think of these things, I think of like, if you, when you're, when you step into these positions, you just got to be authentic, like with your highs, with your lows, you got to be real with people like, Hey man, this is what's going on. Like I'm struggling to read a book. 
I'm struggling to write a paper. I don't want to take my cold shower today. I missed journaling last night. Like, you know, and then through that, people get to see like, hey, this is what a positive role model is. This is how someone who like is actually trying to put out good stuff will act and like be transparent with how they how their lives are and how they go about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, thoughts on this? Yeah, I think there I think you can mm, passively be cool and actively pursue being cool. And, uh, you know, if the idea being that uh, we all started off as young bucks and then we started moving our way way up the chain uh, along the way, uh, you're absorbing things. So uh, people are the eye is on you and you're passively being cool without trying to be cool. But you're also seeking other guys who are who are cooler, we'll call it, for lack of a better term. And as you move up that level of expanding your footprint of now you're surrounded by super legit guys who are freaking awesome. Uh, when you start getting up to that point, you've been in the game a while and you've learned a few things. And so now you're a leader. Now you're not maybe a gold standard, but you're certainly a standard that is observed on the regular. And to Nick's point, I kind of had a little bit of a reputation of uh, <laughs> I like to do hard stuff. And so uh, I could have been on two broken legs and, and a broken head and I still would have been like, I'd have been taping it all up and still smashing forward. And to your point, Nick, it don't be Sean. I've said that to my sons. I've said that other, to other guys. Don't be me. Uh, but you know, some, some people like me want to be like me. And so I can't say to the entire world, just don't follow in my footsteps. Be, be not cautious, but be smarter than I was. And so I, I say that pretty regular that uh, I do like smashing the hard path, but it's not for everyone. And so I do have to put that message out from time to time that I set a hellacious pace when I'm into these kind of things. And, and it's not for everyone unless you like your hair on fire. So uh, don't always uh, do what I do. Uh, but I think it's encouraging for others to want to pursue that hair on fire thing. And uh, so my, my next point is that, um, you know, we do have a responsibility, as Nick said, to kind of not be that beacon of light or not be the gold standard of uh, there's hope for everyone to, to be a, a rad master 9000 or whatever a person assigns for you is that uh, call sign. Um, but to do it authentically is really freaking hard. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to a Y branch right now. And on this branch, if I'm, if I'm surrounded by the Brohemos, I can do that with my eyes closed, man. It's so freaking easy to be cool around cool dudes. But now on the other branch, when I'm not around my brohemos, it's hard to interoperate quite as easily. So in the old game, <laughs> like easy peasy lemon squeeze it. But in this new game, it is so not easy. Uh, the social media game I find incredibly difficult. And uh, by social media game, I mean like just trying to be helpful, just trying to do this, the collective thing, just trying to do whatever comes uh, around the corner in 2024. That is freaking me out. But I know I got to do it. I know I got to do it for the team, not for me, but for everyone who's saying keep smashing. Well, I'm going to keep smashing, but it ain't as easy to be cool in this path as it is easy to be in the other path. So I'm... Um, I'm all about uh, listening to the guests for the last few months now. I've really been trying to dial into people who um, exhibit, not quite embody, but exhibit the kind of things that I like to um, see and do and who kind of move through the world, not casually, but almost seamlessly, uh, not effortlessly, but with grace. And so I'm trying to absorb as much cool as I can uh, with the guests. Uh, so the collective has been really helpful for me in the same time that I'm trying to be helpful for the collective. I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. Now I'm going to come back to you, Chad, on this one. And I'm wondering what, where you've seen this in social media world, because we've all entered into this. So like, what are your guys thoughts in terms of the authenticity versus social media ness? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I hate social media. Right. I mean, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But I also know it's a means to an end and I have to use it in order to grow my business, to, in order to grow my bandwidth. And, you know, it's there's no way I would have met 
you three gentlemen if I wasn't on some kind of a social media. So there are positives to it and just learning to navigate the social media spectrum, right? Of like, okay, don't follow this group, follow these people, block these people, you know, you can control it essentially. Um, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm new at it. Like we, we have a small following, but we've done it all organically. I don't pay for ads. I don't pay for anything. If people follow us, they follow us because, oh, it's Chad and it's Mental Joe and it's authentic and he's trying to help people and he's trying to help people in a different sense as opposed to the traditional blah, blah, blah. Um, but I now have started to kind of start loving social media. Again, just following guys like Nick. I just met him this morning. I'm looking at his page. I'm like, God, this kid's hiking mountains and he's jumping out of planes and he's going to Harvard. And I'm like, man, what? I've wasted 20 years. So it almost get it almost gives me a fire of like, all right, I got to turn up the volume a little bit. Like I've, I've got a shorter runway in front of me now, but how do I make the best of that runway? So it's motivated me um, in, in terms of trying to find different individuals that I can follow and look at, you know, as being certain role models for me, but yeah, social media, I hate it, but I also understand that there's, there's some really good in it as well. Absolutely. Nick thoughts on this one. Yeah. I, th I think it's similar for like our generations to kind of hate social media. Um, I, you know, with, with you guys, I don't think electricity was around when you guys were in the military. Uh, but for my generation of dudes, like you could lose your career on social media. I have a buddy, he got kicked out of the range battalion because he posted one bad picture and they're like, absolutely not dude you're done. And they kicked him out of the range regiment. Right. So like stepping into the social media game for me was terrifying and a very like conscious decision. And one of the things I found interesting about it was I was more concerned, not necessarily what like the public would think about my social media, but like dudes from work, like dudes, like either I didn't really even like at work or dudes I don't even know at work. Um, were like, dude, I was like, Oh man, like what will the community think about me? kind of thing. Like I didn't want to get kicked out of like the Ranger community or, or you know, not even that I'm very involved with it these days, but like it, it was terrifying. Um, and what I've kind of come to learn from this whole experience was like through the authentic thing and just trying to, you know, be around cool dudes and, and put out like a positive message is as much hate as I get um, from like the Ranger community or the special operations community or just the rando internet troll. Uh, it's worth like the positive messages. It's worth like, you know, again, like we're all new to this, relatively small followings. And it's it's all pays out when like some dude hits me up and is like, hey, man, I'm going through a divorce right now. Um, I saw one of your videos pump me up. I want to have a better mental attitude. I went for a run. I haven't run in like three years. And you're just like, dude, worth it. Like absolutely worth it. I made all the bull crap. Like, like whatever, dude, I'll take all the hate in the world. I don't even pay attention to most of it. But for one dude to be like, hey, man that really helped. And I needed that. You're like, dude, this is, this is why we do it. This is why we do what we do. And, uh, it's just like a, like you said, it's a terrifying, weird place. You don't really enjoy it, but the byproduct or, or the, the end result, a lot of times can be extremely worth it. And just like, dude, this, this is, this is what we need. And this is why we do this thing. Absolutely. <clears throat> Sean, any other further thoughts on this? Well, I, I hope you guys get to a point where, uh, I'm at right now because I was in your shoes and not too long ago. I used to say it all the time. I freaking hate social media. I am not into this whole standing in front of a microphone thing. It is driving me insane. Uh, but not too long ago. And I mean, like recently, I kind of feel like I found my vibe a little bit or maybe my rhythm a little bit where, uh, just, just had to stop like, freaking out about it and just had to stop worrying about what other people think and just trying to do me and by trying I mean like just letting it rip and so um and and it just it feels easier now it feels lighter it feels uh almost enjoyable to some degree but it all depends on who's in the game with me at the time so when I'm doing my live chats uh, over on IG and uh, Instagram and I'm getting comments ripping back and forth. I was in a coffee shop up in uh, Kuala Lumpur this morning, uh, or you're, I'm in the future by 16 hours, so you're welcome, I'm a time traveler. And so when I was talking with uh, uh, all of the commenters back and forth, I'm having a bit of a laugh, I'm having a bit of fun. And in fact, I think Ch uh, Chance was on there uh, chirping about how I was uh, having a chat within a chat with other people. They were sitting next to me as I'm chatting with commenters. And so I'm kind of, I'm kind of starting to feel a, um, more comfortable with it. And, and now it's, 
I feel I can almost see over the horizon the fun aspect of it. And so uh, it feels a little encouraging that I've, I've put a lot of um, time into this, not for myself, uh, but for the collective and for the greater good. But I'm starting to feel it pay off inside. Uh, I mean, I'm always learning things from the guests. I'm always learning things about myself, but it feels like I'm starting to pay off almost as a professional in front of the microphone. Uh, and now I'm more or I'm, I'm relaxed enough that it doesn't feel like a thing anymore. It doesn't feel like I've got to be like trying to do my best. I just kind of do my best. It's almost like it's organically unfolding in front of me now. And I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'm enjoying it, but I'm not dreading it as much as I used to. So it took a lot of time. It took a, I know this year, well over 700 podcasts this year. So um, I'm not saying that it's, it's uh, you know, in 10 podcasts, all of a sudden you're a natural. Maybe some people are, but I sure as heck wasn't. So I do think that there's hope for everyone, but it requires that consistency of effort. But I think more correctly, it requires that mission focus of just got to keep grinding, churning, giving her, and eventually it'll start showing up as... Uh, uh, easy authenticity rather than kind of the gritting your teeth authenticity and um, and and maybe be fun. And so I'm saying all of that because perhaps one of the things that I should be doing is saying those things to encourage others, not quite as a role model per se, but to illustrate that from a guy who absolutely didn't want to be in front of the microphone and was freaking hating on social media every single day, I'd look at my wife and say, I just hit live in five. Now I'm screwed. I've got to go live in five. There's no, there's no turning back. It's, it's like putting one down range. It's down range, man. There's no pulling it back. So uh, that's kind of what I had to do. And that's still what I do. But now it feels quite a bit easier. I hope that makes sense. You're, you're, I think you're right on the money in there. And I was writing down initially when we started talking about social media was active engagement, active engagement. And when I, uh, <clears throat> when I first started getting into social media, when we started, when I started the, the tools for toolbox podcast earlier, um, I really didn't like social media. I didn't want to be involved in it. I saw all the, the fakers and the haters and all of the extra, like all that negativity. And it took me a little while, but I realized that that negativity was a reflection of what I was doing. That's what I was looking at. That's what I was looking for. That's what I, those are the people I was hanging around that I had all this negativity built. And it wasn't until I put, took active engagement to change who I was following, to change what I was looking at, to act, develop the social media space around me, that then the, the positivity started to show up. And that, that active engagement of being involved in that process. And I think it mirrors life Exactly, because if you are surrounded by negative people, you're surrounded by negative role models, you're surrounded by negativity in general, that can eat away at any positivity that you have over time. So I'm wondering if you guys experience it in a similar fashion that, uh, you know, negative role models that either spurred you away from something like, I do not want to be like that person, or brought you to a point of, I, I think I need to help this person. If that makes sense. I'm wondering if you guys have any experience in terms of those negative role models. Uh, Chad, let's start with you. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I hate going back to my dad was a negative role model for me. You know, he was abusive. He was alcohol. Um, you name it. Um, and I think now that I'm a father, right, my what I've learned is my dad taught me that dad not what what kind of father I don't want to be. Right. He gave me the, the check box of like, don't be this guy. So, and I was going down that path and it took, you know, some soul searching digging deep to get out of that and realize like, that's not the path that I want to be on, nor do I want my boys to ever be on. Um, so I've experienced it a lot. Again, I was, you know, I call it 20 years in the gray where I really hung out with some turds, you know, I mean, pill pop and alcohol bar fight and you name it. And I had all the rage, man. Cause you know, I was mad. I got kicked out of the town. I was mad that I didn't have military career that I wanted to. So I, you know, enveloped this character of being angry and knowing, Hey, if I bar fight, no one's going to mess with me, you know? So 
I hung out in that world for a long time. So I'm very, very familiar with it. Um, so this new world of me of hanging out with dudes like you and looking at others, you know, downrange and going, okay, these guys got it together. I, I need to hold myself to a better standard. Um, that negative stuff, it, it's true. Once you change the atmosphere and the ability to hang out with cool people and get rid of the negativity, it's amazing how things start to flow in the positivity sense in, in your realm, I guess. Absolutely. Nick thoughts. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Like, um, the, once you change your environment and, you know, to what Sean was saying, I think that's one of the powers of social media is, you know, you, you get to choose your feet, you know? And like, I, I remember in the early days, spent a lot of time cultivating my, like, I just stopped following everybody and then started gradually bringing people back to cultivate that positive mentality and surround myself by people who are trying to get after it. And I, I just get inundated with positive uh, affirmations and people who are going going after and getting it, which is a native role model thing. Um, what, what, I, what first kind of popped up was I remember having leaders in the military that I just remember seeing like, dude, thank God I had you as a leader. That way I can see everything I don't ever want to be. Um, I remember when I got to battalion, I had a leadership team that like, I despised everything about them. I thought they were like, uh, I showed up and I was like, dude, I can't believe this is what range of battalion leadership was like in my head. I, I envisioned like captain America type dudes, these real hardcore go-getters. And I was like, they're jerks, they're alcohol. I mean, with this being said, like I was probably a jerk as well. And I definitely was on the alcoholic train, but I was like, even to that level, I was like, these are jerks. They're alcoholics. They're not good dudes. You know, um, and then further down the line, it was interesting. I remember getting surrounded by guys where I saw them as role models, like these are what Rangers are. And these dudes were like hardcore gunfighters. These guys were like what I thought were like shooters were like, these are killers. These are what operator Rangers are. And then I would embody some of their negative things that they would do. Um, you know, maybe dudes were like, would cheat on their girlfriends. They would, they would do these things that were just like, they would get in a lot of bar fights. They were, you know, rowdy dudes. And I was like, this is, this is what it means to be a man in this world. Um, and then as I got older, I realized like, oh man, these aren't necessarily the things I want to embody in leadership. And I had to like have a come to Jesus moment with myself and be like, I need to be able to pick apart the positive role models that these guys are setting up. Like, how to be a good combat leader, how to take care of the dudes, how to put the mission first, all these things. And then also pick apart the things like, dude, these are also negative role models. And if I go down this pathway and try and be like these dudes, um, it, it's not going to end well. And it's just kind of interesting to see that as, as time goes on past this, you can kind of see when dudes would stick to the negative stuff and how that would play out to like when they try and take that turn, like that, that Y split and start working on themselves and then you see the positives of that but it's interesting to see as you look back and like dude these guys that i thought were positive role models if i had stuck with that and stayed in that lane ultimately would have led to destruction and like towards a really negative pathway 100 percent, sean thoughts yeah i think that um for me i wasn't it wasn't so much that i was um surrounded by that level of negativity um i just didn't want to do it because i was pretty I was comfortable, man. I was comfortable not doing any of this stuff. I had a good life. I've got a good family. I like shredding. I like drinking coffee. I like being left alone. I don't want to be a social media nerd. Like this stuff was hard, man. And so I didn't want to jump into it because it was going to be so freaking uncomfortable from the good life that I had that I just didn't want to do it. But, you know, it's that classic case of it would have been hypocritical if I wouldn't have faced the adversity tied on that white belt of social media nonsense and started working towards my blue belt in it. So, you know, it's hard for me to talk about, uh, you know, embrace the grind, go kick that ass. If like, I'm, if I'm duck dodging and diving the responsibility of, of doing it myself. So man, I had a, I had a comfortable in the shadows life before any of this thing popped off. And now, um, you know, now it's popping off. And so uh, just, I think that uh, it's not that I'm trying to be a good representation of uh, practicing what I preach. I just have to now. I have to, 
I have to kick that ass. I have to kick my ass and uh, demonstrate that, uh, you know, that classic uh, facta non verba or deeds, not words. There's, there's no way I've ever in, in, in my military career uh, asked someone to do something that I wouldn't do myself. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm asking people to pick up their pace and lead by example. Uh, that would be redonkulous if I wasn't doing it myself. So uh, I kind of got into this because, um, because I was asked to, uh, not because I wanted to. Uh, I, sometimes I do dreaming that dream that I was still back in that, uh, hanging out in the shadows and not being hassled by the interwebs. But uh, I'm kind of right with it now, as I said, and, and I feel uh, pretty comfortable doing it. Uh, and, and I think it's probably a good thing that I am where I am right now because uh, I can more casually talk about this stuff. And, and hopefully it's encouraging again to others who are scratching their heads wondering, man, I, I don't want to do it. Uh, well, I, neither did I. And uh, man, I've got a pretty comfortable life. Well, so did I. And uh, man, I've got a company. Well, so did I. But all of that got chucked in the... Uh, file 13 garbage can and uh, here I am you know kicking ass uh, as a blue belt in social media uh, trying to lead by example I'm still working on my third stripe white belt right now <laughs> got a long way to go uh, but I, I have a question on this Nick you brought up uh, Captain America and I, I really love this concept of the, the paragon the, the the person that cannot fail right they are the the utmost expression of everything we, we desire. And I have a funny little story was when I first <clears throat> got into advocacy, when I first started trying to help out, you know, other veterans and trying to develop the veteran space a little bit, I, I kind of just sat around, I just sat there and I was like watching social media and like, hmm, where, I wonder when this person's going to show up. And I was expecting a Captain America, a paragon from, from the hill, from uh, JTF2 was going to come down and be like, all right, boys, this is the way let's go. And I joke about it now because Sean is that person. But <laughs> at the time when I first started getting into it, uh, I was looking around going like, where, where are all these people that are supposedly outstanding that it, we should just absolutely follow. They had amazing careers that nobody can talk about. And it wasn't until I actually let go of that paragon, let go of that ideal that I started to see those people where I was like, oh, there they are. <laughs> oh, that's what, the, okay. And so I'm wondering how, your guy, how you guys felt in terms of that, you know, realization and then sorting those people out in your own head and then embodying, as you said, Nick, earlier about, um, you know, picking them apart. What do I like about this person? What do I like about this person? How do I put those things together inside me? And so I just want to hear about your guys' process in your own mind, how that worked out. Nick, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? Yeah, um, a lot of it came down to introspection for myself. And like the first time I really did this, uh, I, I went through a breakup, kind of like the big military standard, right? Like you, you get in young, you get in a super serious relationship, you move in together, you break up, your world falls apart, yada, 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 yada. Buy a car at 30% interest, that whole deal. So I was on the post end of all that. And... <laughs> getting that mustang <laughs> I gotta get that mustang you know i didn't join for freedom i joined for a camaro um you know uh, but at the i remember at the end of all that that's when i started getting really big into like journaling introspection all that stuff and i you know on one 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 page i wrote like what do i want out of my ideal partner right and it wasn't like and i just wrote down attributes right and i was just like whatever the things that I thought I really desired out of like my partner in life, like what, what woman do I want in this? And what does she look like? What does she do? What are her characteristics? And I filled up this page with all this stuff. And on the next page I wrote, what kind of man do I have to be to deserve a woman like that? And I wrote down all these things, right? Like pillars of values, pillars, pillars, characteristics, da, 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 da. And what ended up happening over, and this was years ago and, and the evolution of this, is I took that page of like, what man do I think needs to be to have this type of woman, my ideal woman, to like, what man do I want to be in general? Like, why does it have to be this guy to get a woman? Like, why not just try and be this guy? And through that, I just kind of over the years would refine that and try to define who I want to be as a man and what kind of man do I want to be. And 
to kind of answer the question about that is, is what I look for is men or people in my life who display these characteristics and kind of what's crappy and as cheesy as it is, a lot of them go back to like the values of the army or the values of the military. And it's almost frustrating because like, I was like, damn it, dude, I'm trying to get away from all this crap. Um, but it, it really is like people of integrity, people of high character, people of selfless service who work hard. And what I, what I kind of encapsulate that in my own life or kind of what we're talking about last time of being a collector weirdo is like people who are just kind of savages who like really go getter kind of people. And that, that's what I look for in, in like the modern day Captain America or quote unquote, or the savages I try and surround myself with is like, it doesn't matter to me, like who they are, what they look like, what their past was, none of that stuff. It's like, do you display the characteristics of what I envision a good person is? And then if you do, then like, can I surround myself with you? And then I just try and collect people of that, of that sort of, of that nature and fill up like, you know, you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. I try and fill that five with, with people who display these characteristics. Absolutely. Chad thoughts. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to repeat. I, I, I just listened to Nick and dove in. So I'm going to ask you to repeat the question, what you need. Roger that. <laughs> the, the, uh, the question is um, basically how your, your processing went through your own mind when you would see the paragon, the ultimate ideal of whatever it is that uh, you wanted, your Captain America, and how you went from you know realizing that 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 person is still just a person, and that they have traits that you want, but some other traits that you don't want, and how you arrange those in your own head. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm still kind of going through it. Right. Um, again, I, I've started surrounding myself uh, with some really cool people and they, they've helped me level up, you know, example of right. You had Tim Jensen on CEO of Grunt Style and he flew me out to San Antonio to be on their podcast. And then you met Tommy Aceto, who now, you know, former Navy SEAL, who, you know, I'm a close friend with. And, you know, just meeting these individuals through these different, you know, social media things. And now we've built relationships and we've built a trust and to a trust that we've opened up and talked about certain individuals. Right. Because we all see them. There's there's some heavy hitters in the you know operator world that are on social media. But, you know peek behind the back door and you understand that they're still doing a lot of drugs. They're cheating on their wives. They're really horrible people. And so for me, it's like, Oh, cool. All right. Like you have all these really cool things that you did, but again, it still comes back to you're a really bad human being. So I, I can't sit and play in that world anymore and I can't put you on a pedestal. So I'm going to play over here in the average Joe world where I just want to be a good dude. And I want to be able to facilitate the ability of people that are in the dark to say, Hey man, like, Chad did it. I can do it too. You know, just again, lead by example. Um, but I, I think I'm still kind of going through that world of, of sifting through the, the goods, the bads, and and who do I want on my ball team uh, to carry this mission forward? Mm, that That's a great picture. I'm picturing being on the schoolyard and like, <laughs> I want Tommy. <laughs> I want, right? I think that's a great, great thought. Sean, thoughts on this? Yeah, I do. And so... You know, uh, it's hilarious that um, some people would consider me as a archetype of this kind of thing where on paper it looks like I've got a number of titles and I've done a few things. And But the hilarious part is I, I don't feel that way. I don't, I don't feel like I'm that guy that I am. And so, you know, it, I have some self-confidence and I have some self-belief and I've, I know what I've done and I generally know what I'm capable of when I put my mind to it. But that doesn't mean that I think I am what they think I am. And so, you know, that might be my inner critic. That might be my uh, wicked imposter syndrome. But um, that the reality is people hit me on the regular and say, dear Mr. Taylor, I want to be you. And I look behind me to see if there's another Mr. Taylor standing behind me that they want to be like. Because I don't feel like I'm that guy, but I am to some people. And so, you know, I think if you can kind of keep it real and, uh, and not like flare out so much that you start believing your own hype, you start drinking your own Kool-Aid, that you just, you know, you just keep it, you, you got to stay legit. 
You got to earn it every day. You got to earn your seat at the freaking table every single day. You can never rest on your laurels. You can never kick back and put your feet up and think, ah, you know, I've done a few things. Nah, there's more things to do. And so, um, you know, I think uh, if you're, if you can stay in the middle ground of you did a few things, but there's still some more things to do and, and not be comfortable right in that middle ground, that's kind of how I try to live my life. That brings up a really good question is, do you think there is a point in time where I wouldn't say you can settle or uh, rest on your laurels or anything like that, but there are periods, are there periods of time where you can just enjoy what you're doing? Like where you were sitting uh, prior to the social media engagement, Sean, or, you know, being able to run your business and smash on your mountain bike and hang out with your family and just kind of chill and like, just enjoy that, that, um, that bubble kind of that you're sitting in and then expand later. Do you think that there, you know, life is that kind of sequence where you, you work really hard to get to a spot and then you kind of hang out and just enjoy that spot while you're just inching forward and then jump into the next thing? Or is it this continual, just gotta, gotta keep smashing, gotta keep smashing. Sean, I'm going to come to you first on this one and then I'm going to go around. What do you think? Yeah, sure. I, I enjoy it all. I enjoy it all, no matter where I am. Like, if someone from an external perspective sees me as maybe hanging out in a spot and kind of not like smashing at the same velocity that I typically am, it's because I'm smashing at a velocity deep down. And so wherever I am, I, I cannot stop my curiosity. If, if I'm drinking coffee, I want to learn more about the coffee that I already know a boatload about. I'm looking for the micro nuance in the moment rather than just the nuance. And so uh, I think that it doesn't always have to look like forward trajectory. It can look like deep, deep, deep uh, introspection or deep, deep, deep understanding of the moment. And so uh, before I started social media like this, the well, let's call it a small bubble that I existed in, which was you know bigger than maybe a lot of people's bubble, that bubble was enough to fascinate me and enough that I could have spent my entire life in that, uh, being curious and getting better and better and better at all of the things that existed in there. But then social media came along and bam, now I'm in this bubble. And so now I've got a lot more room to play in that three-dimensional construct of, of trying to get better at all of that three-dimensionality. And so what it all it does is provide more curiosity moments for me more where I can tangibly lose sight of it all and still be happy pursuing in any direction. Whereas when it was a smaller footprint, I kind of knew what it was all about. And I was just focusing on the mega granularity of uh, that footprint. And so there's, you can gain from it all. It, it, you, you could put uh, this bottle of water, I could spend the rest of my life studying this bottle of water with intense curiosity. And I would learn a lot from that bottle of water until the day I die. If, if I only had this bottle of water, I'd have a freaking double PhD in, uh, in all things water. That's just the way I am because I'm, I have a curious mind. I have a certain velocity and I don't want to waste my life by not pursuing life. And so it can be one thing or it can be many things, but I think you've got to pursue with curiosity and always try to up your game in whatever you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, coming to you, what do you think? Uh, I'm freaking motivated. That's what I think, man. <laughs> that was awesome, dude. Um, yeah, no, yeah, that was, gets me going. Um, yeah, I think this was one of my, one of my like last commanders I had. Um, he would always say, you're only as good as your last operation. You know, so like to rest on your laurels would be like, all right, like you, your last operation went well, that was good, but what about your next operation, right? And it, the idea is you can never really settle completely on the last thing you did because there's always something else coming up. Um, and to like taking that time, I kind of always giggle to myself, very fortunate that uh, through getting out of the military, the VA gave me 100% disability. And what that does is it gives me a medical pension for the rest of my life. And I always, whenever things get like super, super in the gritty here at school or in life or what have you, I always play around with the idea. It's like, dude, I could just take my disability. I could 
piss off to the Philippines and I could just live a happy life sitting on a beach, surfing, it's like scuba diving, doing my thing. And I just eat fruit, surf and be a healthy little uh, beach bum out there. But then I'll think to myself again, it's like the way my mind works or the way I like to get after it is like, well, I'd be out there and I'd probably try and start a surf company. Then I'd probably open a surf shop. Then I'd probably try and do like an island ultra marathon kind of thing. Then I'd try to be a triathlete out there and then da 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 and it, it keeps on going. Um, but I think those times where you're not quote unquote getting after it are important. It's it's the idea of like just basic tactics and a gunfight is a set piece move piece. And you can't always be a move piece. And you need to take those moments to like establish that set piece. And if you are as good as your last operation, well, then you have to take the, the time to plan and develop the next stage for your next operation. And you have to get those set pieces in before you can do a deliberate move piece. Um, so I think there needs to be a balance between the two. But even in a set piece, I think it is important to always be planning and looking for like how I'm going to do that next move piece and, and keep the brain busy. Cause if not, you just get complacent. And again, as much as I hate it, sometimes military tropes work like complacency kills man. And the second you stop, you're just going to be done. And it's just like, it's a yes and no, I guess to, to get down to it is like, I need, I need those moments where I'm doing nothing because in those moments where I'm doing nothing, I get super frustrated that I'm not doing anything. And it's like, I, it gives me that velocity and that, that fire to be like, all right, dude, whatever we're going into next, we're going all in and I'm able to take off in that direction. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. Chad thoughts. Man, I don't really have thoughts. I think Nick and Sean nail it on the head. Um, except there's sometimes I just shut up and just listen and I, I don't, I got nothing to add for you, man. Right on. Right on. I like it. The, uh, <clears throat> the, the, the thought I had, I, I do have to, Oh, you got something? What do you got? I do have to say this. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick. Cause like straight up, I'm now in the Philippines inventing some sort of freaky little surfboard wax in my head. You know what I'm saying? I'd, I'd be, I'd be inventing surfboard wax. I don't even know what that is, but that's what I would be doing. And that's just the way it has to be, man. That's the way it has to be. <laughs> you're, you're hundred percent right. The, uh, the thought that popped in my mind when you guys were talking was uh, position before submission, right? You, you have to take the time to set your position well enough that you have control of the person instead of, making leaps in order to get try to get something and i i, I go back to uh jujitsu just because that's one of the things that's most the most consistent thing in my life uh, other than my family but the I, I really like this idea and to the point of the discussion you know we're talking about building role models and i think that this is this is the key to the whole point is that it's really about building yourself consistently over time and as you're doing that, you will start to build the people around you because they're going to be looking at you just as you're looking outside of yourself. And I, I really, really like this idea. I, I don't have a lot else for the day. So I guess we're almost at time anyway. Let's, uh, unless you guys got any other thoughts, we can hit some final thoughts. No, everybody good. Cool. Then let's do that. I'm going to start with you, Chad. Final thoughts on anything we've talked about so far today. What do you got? You know, I think at the end of the day, just be authentic, be yourself, lead by example, put your best foot forward, um, realize that everyone's got some kind of struggles or they're dealing with something. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, try to be kind, try to reflect when you're in those dark moments and how you might have reacted to certain things. But it, it just comes at, you know, fill your circle with cool people and, and things will elevate themselves. I like it. I like it a lot. Nick, final thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to steal this from one of my favorite like CrossFit athletes is dude, Matt Frazier. And he's talked about, you can't change the world until you change yourself. Um, so the idea is like, if you want to be a role model or when you look at role models and in the sphere of influences, you have to constantly work it on yourself. And if you're not, don't put yourself in a position to where like, Hey, I'm good. I'm in a good mental place. I'm good physically. I'm good spiritually and all these things. Um, you're never really going to affect the change that you want to see in the world. So like, you just always got to be working on yourself, always trying to develop yourself and understand that you're never going to reach there. You're never going to hit the pinnacle. It's it's a forever journey. And as long as you're working on yourself and trying to be a better dude, just a dude being a good dude kind of stuff, um, you're never truly going to change the world in the positive way that you want to. Absolutely. John, final thoughts? Yeah, I don't want anyone to get it twisted. Every single person out there is a role model. It's whether you're cool or you're a goof. That's all there is to it. You get to decide. You want to be a goof? 
well, you're a goof as a role model. You want to be cool? Go be cool. And so don't make it about yourself. Make it about people around you. And you don't have to try too hard. You've just got to make a decision. Try to be cool, bro. Just try to be cool. I like that. In, in true Canadian fashion, don't be a goof. I like it. I mean, it could have been only slightly more Canadian if you said don't be a hoser, but that would be about it. Uh, I do really want to say thank you guys for the conversation, Chad, Nick, Sean. Great conversation on uh, being role models. And I think that the, uh, the key thing that I'm going to take out of this one is that it is active engagement. Active engagement every day. And whether that is physical, whether that is emotional, whether it's mental, whether whatever it is, be active in that engagement. If you're not active, as Nick said, if you're uh, complacency kills, right? If you're not active, then you're going to get, uh, <laughs> you're going to get hit from the flank. So really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you all. Continue out there every day, learning, building, growing with us here on The Collective. We'll see you all tomorrow. Chimo. Chimo.